show mark it's been like a year since we've had you on i think it's been like a year and some change i mean we hang out all the time in michigan so but we just (laughs) haven't been able to make this happen so welcome back to the show glad to have you back so a lot to talk about a lot to digest but before we get into the success of aquaman and then uh you know some batman stuff the merger of at&t and warner brothers still is a shadow over the studio. And it seems that with the success of Aquaman, you know, we have Shazam coming out soon, uh, the Birds of Prey movie, that's in production. It seems like this shadow, like they're they're almost, the studio's almost hesitant to really go full-fledged into these other films. What has the, the merger, because it sounds like the, DOJ is going to appeal the AT&T merger with Warner Brothers. Could that affect future projects at the studio in in this superhero realm? Because obviously the studio, it's not Marvel. Like the studio does other things. It has like Lego, the Lego movies coming out here shortly. You have, you know, they have, you know, Star Wars born. It's not, the studio isn't just, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, all that. So in this spectrum of superheroes, could this merger affect those future superhero movies? Yeah, well, that's. uh, I think the thing to remember is that right now, and by the way, thanks for having me back on the show. It's great to be back on, uh, and hi to all the listeners, and uh, appreciate everybody uh, being supportive. Uh, of me coming back on the show. Uh, I, I think the thing to remember about AT&T situation is, um, it's, it's not a done deal yet. Uh, it probably is going to go through, but the, the DOJ has said they're going to appeal the judge's ruling, uh, or that they might appeal it. So we're still kind of waiting to find out exactly what, what's going on with that. And then, uh, one the, and of course it has to be just like with Disney after, after it was approved, then we had to kind of wait around for all the different uh, uh, international territories to to give the thumbs up and all that. So once there's still a ways to go uh, before everything is finished, and then once that happens, it takes a little bit to kind of get all the ducks in a row and to actually fully merge and get all the leadership stuff taken care of and integrate everything. So that takes some time. So it's going to be a few months. Um, and in the meantime, Warner, you know, it's it's not so much that Warner is afraid of going forward or is reluctant to go forward with stuff while they're waiting. It's that realistically, when you have, when you're doing what Warner's doing, which is uh, they're they're kind of they had a, a plan and a, 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 a bunch of films and some ideas of what they were going to do, and now that they're kind of developing a new plan. You want to make sure that your new plan works. You want to make sure you've got everything kind of aligned up. And you have to be mindful of the fact that there are leadership changes coming and that when that happens, even though you might be 99% sure that everything is going to be able to continue as it's going right now with your plans for the DC movies and for everything else, you can't, you don't know 100% until it happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I mean, we're talking about a lot of money. And this is a huge merger. So AT and T, they've they've said that they're happy with Warner's leadership and that they're confident in the leadership. But those are things being, you know, and I and I'm not trying to imply that they're not or that secretly there's a problem. I'm just saying realistically, as outside observers, we have to remember we are seeing public pronouncements and positions that are designed to not disrupt the merger and to not cause. A, a sell-off of stock or anything like that. You want to. You don't want to rock the boat while you're doing something this big. It's way too important, and that affects also the decision making on the DC films. So um, 
for example, with Batman, which is, you know, I know that's the big thing that everyone's wondering or one of the big things everyone's wondering. And with the Batman project, they're taking their time. The script is finished and now it's going through rewrites and, you know, just tweaking it and getting it right. And on top of that, uh, when you have projects out there, like we know there's going to be a Supergirl movie. Uh, we know there's going to be a Batgirl movie. Well, when you're making these plans for moving forward with these huge IP, and you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars of, and billions really of dollars in box office and marketing are on the line, then you have to be mindful that that every that you don't just go forward too fast or feel pressured to move too quickly with a Batman movie before you're sure that you know what you're going to do with these other properties that might at some point be tied into it. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't want to, for example, put out a Batman movie and then a Batgirl movie and then a Nightwing movie that are all completely have different versions of Gotham and different versions of the same characters and that don't can't fit together if you want to do it. It doesn't mean that they have to all be planned by committee or that filmmakers on one project are beholden to another, but uh, you can have the pro you, you can have creative control of a project like someone who comes into a James Bond movie. They have creative control, but there are certain parameters because you know what's going to happen in the future. So that's it's it's just a case of it, it's a big business, a lot of money, a lot of moving parts. AT&T is a huge issue that's kind of hanging over this. And so you can't move too quickly or rush into things. That's the bottom line. Right. So the success of Aquaman, you know, we're talking about these changes that are coming because of the merger. But the success of Aquaman, I w I'm not going to say that it took you know, me by surprise, because I've been saying for a long time, it's going to be Avatar underwater. It's going to be Lord of the Rings meets Avatar underwater. It's going to be a huge success. It's going to hit a billion. I kept on saying it. It's going to hit a billion. It's going to hit a billion. Hit a billion. So the success of Aquaman puts the studio in this kind of interesting situation because it that film, you know, has a character that was in BVS Justice League. So mm -hmm. where could so where could this Aquaman go from here? You know, because if you have a character that's already is a huge success in those movies, it's going to help the library of Batman versus Superman. It's going to help the library of Justice League. Obviously, Aquaman's going to be huge on home video. I can't believe I said home video. There's no, one, there's no one who has a VHS player the anymore. The eight-track tapes hey. of the score are going to sell like hotcakes. <laughs> My grandparents would disagree with you there. <laughs> um, so, like, the do they continue on with, you know, their plans of, okay, we're going to kind of, we're going to do Aquaman. They're going to do Shazam. You got Wonder Woman 84 coming out. Or does that kind of, so could the studio be like, well, look. Hold up for a second. Aquaman was in this Justice League. Why couldn't we have Affleck? Why couldn't we have, you know, because that worked. And it's been like Aquaman worked. So why can't we pull some of those like Cyborg or the Flap? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I know I'm trying to like walk a fine line between, you know, the old regime sort of and this new regime, but could there be an argument saying, hey, you know, this was, it wasn't because the movies were bad. It was because there was like a tone issue. The tone for Aquaman was right. Let's continue on. Or do you think like Aquaman was kind of like the, the book end or the chapter closing on that old and the plans forward are Shazam, Wonder Woman 84, Birds of Prey, so on and so forth. Well, I, th I think that uh, the Aquaman definitely performed higher than a lot of people expected. And I think the studio knew that it had potential to perform really big, but I don't think that they, they did, certainly weren't sure it would. And I don't think they anticipated quite how high it did. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud and I will absolutely toot my own horn on having been among the, the first few people that 
back in early December who speculated that this could do a billion. And then after the China numbers came in, before it even opened domestic, I said, yeah, it's going to. And I, my my guess was one point between 1.1 and 1.2 billion. And that's it's going to end up with about 1.2 to 1.5, somewhere between there, probably in the 1.2 to 1.3 or 1.12 to 1.13 billion range is where it looks right now like it's going to end up unless it really catches fire big time in Japan and sets major superhero film records there. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have that kind of success, two things are true. Uh, keep in mind, in the aftermath of Batman versus Superman, what did we all complain about that the studio did? They were too reactive to the box office mm -hmm. performance of a single film. Whenever we talk about the DCEU, we all have kind of agree with, that there's a narrative with depending you can some people agree more some less but generally i think everyone recognizes that the studio kind of initially was like oh shit and when uh when batman versus superman didn't perform the way they thought and got bad reviews and then they further panicked about justice league and other things and we were like look you can't so it would be a mistake for us to forget all of those things that we knew were true and those lessons we learned over the past several years about being too knee-jerk reactive and making long-term decisions and even short-term decisions based on the box office performance of a single film. So I don't think we should, just as it was, it would be a mistake to completely screw up your plans and derail your plans over one film's bad or, or underperformance, it would also be a mistake to say, oh, well, let's just forget what we the plans we have now and change yet again. Warner, I think the worst possible thing that could happen right now is for Warner to scrap all of their plans and once again try to formulate a new plan, especially if that new plan is what can we go back now and cannibalize from previous films to continue forward without mm -hmm. knowing. Because here's the thing about Aquaman's performance. Aquaman was one of the most popular things in Justice League and in the previous movies. Mm -hmm. The least popular were Batman and Superman. Mm -hmm. They were the least popular and got the least positive reactions from mainstream. Fans are different, and that's fine, but the mainstream audiences worldwide are who go to the, see these movies. Aquaman didn't make a billion dollars off of comic book fans that went and saw the movie. Mm -hmm. We contributed to the buzz and the hype a bit, but that movie took off on its own merits and because of mainstream viewers. And part of why it succeeded was precisely that they stepped away from, uh, that they stepped toward, it was more that they were stepping toward than away from a certain mindset. They stepped toward a new way of thinking about the DC universe and about DC superheroes. Wonder Woman was in that new direction. Aquaman was in that direction. Shazam was in that direction. And that direction is, uh, and, and again, I want to, I want to, I, I shouldn't even have to say this. It's stupid and it's, am I allowed to curse on this? I forget if I'm, if I curse. Go for it. Okay. Uh, it's utter bullshit that I even have to regularly say this because there's that segment of fans who will just behave stupidly and immaturely about it. But I'm obviously a big supporter of Batman v Superman, of mm -hmm. Zack Snyder's films. I, I liked them and I would have been perfectly happy if we'd had a continuation of that and we got, and they'd been all successful and had a lot of those movies, but that didn't happen. Most, mm -hmm. most people's expectations and what they want and enjoy most out of superhero films is not necessarily what I wanted in those particular films or whatever. And that's fine. It's, ex I can accept that. So, uh, what they're doing when you look, if you go back and rewatch Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad and ask yourself, would you bring your seven year old to those movies? Just ask yourself, how, you know, would I, would I take my kids? How many times would my kids, uh, young kids, rewatch that? And even if some of us think, well, I would raise my kids smart so they'd like and appreciate that, really, mo most of the time, most mainstream families aren't going to take their kids to those movies. They're not going to feel as comfortable, just like the Nolan Batman movies. We all mm -hmm. love those and they're critically acclaimed. But seriously, who's who brought seven year olds to see multiple viewings of the Joker and 
of Bane in those, you know, those movies, they were much more adult oriented. Mm -hmm. And I think as fans, as uh, too many adult fans act like anything that is made to appeal to younger fans isn't valid or lacks the same artistic merit. And I think that's bullshit. You know, I grew up Mm -hmm. on these characters. They defined my childhood. Uh, Batman taught me a lot about standing up and doing the right thing, even when it was unpopular. Mm -hmm. Uh, He taught me about what it was to go through and deal with trauma and life and pain. I learned to read off those comics. I would be, I'd feel like a shitty person and a shitty fan if I suddenly didn't want other kids to have that same chance to have that influence on their lives reading these comics and watching these movies. Superman the movie inspired me as a kid, and I couldn't wait to see more. So I understand that we don't want everything to just be purely oriented towards children, but mm-hmm. it's there's got to be room in these movies for everyone, for every kind of fan. And when we start excluding, intentionally excluding, knowingly excluding an entire segment of the fan base, that's a problem. And mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it, even if I like those films as they are, I realize that, you know, and not every film has to be made for every audience, but generally they, most of them should probably be accessible to, to, to most fans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're doing now. And I think with if we, they went back now, uh, well, I'll just say what I think they're going to what do I think they're going to do. I think that Aquaman's success means they're going to definitely uh, uh, hit the marketing on Shazam and, and hit it hard. I think they're, uh, when it comes around, which it's not it, it may not be as soon as people want. But you know what? Fans learn patience, learn some patience. It's all things come and we can't just demand everything we want the day we want it every single day. Right. Otherwise, all nothing would be new. Nothing would be a surprise. We'd know everything every minute, every day, because that's what fans want and expect and feel entitled to. But we're not entitled to it. And that would we very quickly become unhappy with these films if we actually got what we want with that impatient kind of attitude. So we'll get Shazam. We'll get Wonder Woman 84. We'll get Birds of Prey. Uh there's a Joker movie coming out later this year that's standalone. I think it's possible for the the DC movie projects that are still DCEU movie projects that like that harken back to the ones we've seen already in the Justice League. Those projects that are already moving forward and in, in at a stage of development where it's inevitable or they feel confident they can keep making them, those will get made. I think we'll probably get an Aquaman sequel. Uh, but I'm, I, I don't even know if that's 100% that we'll get one. I think we'll probably get a third Wonder Woman movie, but I'm not even sure that's 100%. We've got enough years, though, because the next slate of new DC films, what is it going to be? Supergirl, Batman, uh, Batgirl, New Gods. There's a set of new ones that are kind of, you know, okay, what's is this the foundation of a new DC universe of films? Well, I think that's the plan. I think they're planning those movies to set that up and lay a foundation and then they're going to wait and see, okay, now is there a way to still keep Aquaman and Wonder Woman around and merge them back into it? Or would it be better to just say, look, we're thinking about the long-term viability of these characters. We're talking Mm -hmm. about not five years down the road. We're thinking 10 years, 20 years. We're thinking merchandising. So you cash in, on what you can and do what makes sense at the moment, but you have to have, you can't just think short-term tactics. You have to have long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. And the long-term strategy seems to be headed toward a a new version of the DC universe on film. So they can let these current projects play out. It's going to be a few years before the other ones start to drop and before any final decision has to be made. So there's room to do a few more. Uh, and, And I think we'll get a few more, but I don't, is do I think Warner Brothers is going to suddenly go? Wait a minute, let's just make, let's just take all the stuff from the the characters that were in Justice League. Let's just keep that universe alive after all. Put our plans to stop it on hold and just bring everybody back and keep going. No, that's I would I would bet every penny I have that that's not going to happen and that fans need to get to the point where they accept that that's we're at a new stage now and things aren't just going to go back to just the way that 
that they were in the way that fans, some fans want them to be. That's not happening. Right. And I don't think that flash, that Ezra Miller flash movie is ever going to happen. I don't see like personally, as much as I enjoyed Ezra Miller in justice league, I just don't see him in an upcoming flash movie because it's been pushed back yet again. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, uh, I mean, I have, uh, I have different uh, look. I would not be surprised if the if the film. First of all, it's not happening this year, and I don't know why there why there are still apparently even uh, yesterday. I saw someone on Twitter mentioning again, like, "Well, I thought they were going to film Flash this year, and that they delayed." And it's like, "Well, see, that's how that's what happens with rumors. That's how fandom and rumors, anything, superhero fans, Star Wars fans, whatever. Once a rumor escapes lips, then it's got, it takes on a life of its own, and it's always going to be out there, apparently. And no, they're not filming The Flash this year. Uh, they don't have the time. They weren't. The, the delay is not as big as people think for Fantastic Beasts, and it's just you can't hire an entire crew and reserve sound stages and start production on a movie that's going to have a 150 million freaking dollar budget at the drop of a hat like that. And that's, mm-hmm. this kind of speaks to the bigger problem in fandom. Really? Why are expectations constantly so screwy? Because most fans don't understand filmmaking. They don't understand business and they don't know what really goes into these films and how the decisions are made. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't have to, but, you know, you can just watch the movies and be like, look, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a investment banker. I don't whatever. I don't need to know all that stuff. True. You don't unless you're speculating constantly about it online right. on social media fans. Uh-huh. If you're if you don't understand it, that's fine. But, you know, then kind of listen to the people who do understand it and who tell you that's not. And by the way, when we tell you that we're not just talking out our ass, we didn't just like come up with it out of thin air. We probably asked around and found out what's going on if we're telling right. you that. You know, <laughs> usually we don't put our reputations on the line on something like that. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. I'm not saying it's happening, but if the Ezra Miller project for The Flash gets delayed more and eventually turns into a reboot of the character with a new actor in the lead, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm saying I won't be surprised if it does. I won't be surprised if we see yet another change on this project again at some point in the next several months or year. Give me that Robert Zemeckis Flash film, please. Get that. That no. That's still my thing. Um before we get into Batman, I know Kyle has a few questions, and this will be my last question till Batman, the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, we haven't talked about that. I don't think we even talked about that when we had lunch in Michigan. <laughs> no, it, no, I don't think we did. Uh, impressions on that film, and if that movie's successful, I know just like speculation, and you have no idea, I get it, but do you think that there could, let's say that movie does super overperforms does 700 million at the box office. Do you think that they would have a conversation about having moving Joaquin Phoenix into a more, uh, I'm trying to look for the correct word, like moving Joaquin Phoenix just from like the standalone, it's inside its own universe into like, all right, the fans like him as the Joker Let's let's position him over to this DC cinematic universe instead of having him in this quote unquote Elseworlds movie. Well, you know, I hinted at that or not hinted. I said it outright uh, about a year ago or more uh, that I had heard. And it, 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 I, I, it wasn't any kind of official conversation. I heard it from not from di- people directly on the project. I, I tried to make clear that, like, look, I just know that there were some people walking around halls at Warner Brothers who at some point brought up among themselves like you know I wonder if you know it'd be great if it if we have an opportunity to get him to stay on in the Joker role and we could like bring that Joker into the new Batman world and that could be our new Joker and then we'd have our new Batman so I I know I know that at least a few people said it I don't know that it was in a series it could have just been at the water cooler you know, uh, and it's a period piece. Now we don't know for sure the structure of that 
period piece setting. We don't know if the 80s setting, if the entire film is 80s. Does it start in the 80s when he's younger and then it moves forward in time? How old is the new Batman going to be? You know, there's a lot of questions. And what's the time setting for the new Batman movie? There's a lot of things we don't know that could affect what ends up happening. Uh, so, but and then of course there's the fact that Joaquin Phoenix agreed to make a Joker movie. He's not typically someone who agrees to join franchises. You know, he mm-hmm. talked about the Doctor Strange movie and then quickly dropped out of the running and wasn't interested in 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 signing for a whole bunch of films. So it could be that this is all just like, look, just just accept it. It's a different Batman world. That's a it's an Elseworld Joker movie. It's a one shot. Fifty minutes. They're doing like fifty five million budget on that movie. I think it's going to do uh, in the three to four hundred million dollar range, probably um, depending on how much or how little Batman is or isn't tied into the story or the marketing. Um, so it's. I think it's going to be inevitably be a hit. I mean, the, the damn thing. If they spend fifty five million on it, then what are they going to spend on marketing it? They'll spend at least seventy million or so to market it. So it only needs to do two hundred and forty million dollars worldwide to to turn a profit, probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I don't I don't have much doubt that it's going to turn a profit. It's a it's a Joker movie. That alone is enough. That opening weekend, the worldwide opening weekend, is going to be probably enough to put it in profit in profit territory. And so, yeah, it could happen. Do I think it will at this point? Uh, anything's possible, but I'm a little less inclined to, to expect it now than I was before just because of a few things. But we'll see. Uh, I'd be cool if they did it. Walking, uh, walking Phoenix was uh, the uh, just like with Jason Momoa. <laughs> I after the master, I wrote a, an article on Cora and with pictures of him from the master with that camera saying this is the guy they should get to play the Joker next. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd Todd Phillips should be very happy with me since I tweeted that thing, and the, I I don't know if I sent that to you. Maybe I did. Where like I tweeted like I I've heard that the 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 he's really amazing in it. They really nailed the character, and like everyone ran with that. Like I just googled like I googled myself. Like I'm not trying to be vain, but everyone's <laughs> like you Google yourself to see yeah. what are people saying. Blah 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 blah. And then I saw. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven articles about my tweet. I'm just like, what? Todd Phillips, you I mean, give me give me a dollar ninety-nine for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I that movie is mine like of all the films coming out this year, we got a lot. Shazam, Endgame, uh like the Aladdin, Lion King, all those other films. The yeah. Joker sits at the top spot for me. I love everything I'm seeing. It's got that cool 80s vibe. Throw a Prince song in there. You got, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> throw that, throw a Prince song in there. I don't care what it is. Nothing compares to you, Purple Rain. I don't care. Throw it in there. I'm happy. So, yeah, it looks great. Uh, I've, yeah, everything looks cool. I was lucky enough to be in New York when it was filmed, when they were filming it. And uh, it was the, the scenes that we've seen of it and the footage we've seen and the photos and everything else. And it's got really great people involved. So, and it's, again, it's, you know, it's a, it's a new Joker. I I know there've been people complain about the makeup and what he looks like, but I'm like, you know, I like the only want to see the same version of these damn characters (laughs) over and over again, then what they shouldn't, they shouldn't, I'd rather they not even make, any more i'd rather they never make another superhero again movie as long as i live rather than just see them stick to one single aesthetic and one single approach i don't even want them to just adapt the stories that i like the best i'd love to see influences from it but when they adapt i don't want i've read the comic stories it's no fun to me to just watch like oh it's just like reading the comic except it's moving that doesn't excite me i'm not interested in that kind of shit I'd like to see someone come in and take it and do something new with it. So even the stories that I love and like, I don't want to see a direct page to page to screen literal adaptation of it like that. You know, it's, it's not what I'm into. So I'm, I'm very happy to see a Joker that surprised me that looks like something that we've never seen before, uh, that brings a really new aesthetic to it and yet is recognizable as the Joker. You look at it and you know, that's the Joker. 
you know, even as he but, looks different than what we've seen before, but you know who it is, you know exactly what it is. I literally set my mom like out of the blue as they'll set like those quote unquote leak set visit, not set visit, but set pics hit the internet. Said to my mom, Oh, the new Joker. Mm-hmm. She didn't even like literally. Yeah. That's all she said. Oh, the new jo- Joker. He looks good. I said, I know. I'm liking this. <laughs> it looks, he, I mean, the, it's, it's new. But it's also got little hints of Joker we've seen in comics before, and it reminds me a lot of the aesthetics of the uh, Heath Ledger Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, I could imagine it's not uh, it's not an origin story for Heath Ledger's Joker, but I could imagine it as a you know you could watch from what we've seen. I could imagine that as so far it looks like well yeah that's it, you know that's kind of like the, a lot like the Heath Ledger Joker in in some ways, but in a just it's just enough to hint at it and to remind me of it but different enough that it's something new and exciting and unique kyle go hit it yeah um do you have any anticipated idea of when uh maybe we can get a teaser trailer for it for the joker or is the uh, joker yeah yeah uh i think my guess i'm figuring it's be... probably not gonna be until after shazam but you know you never know what oh, could happen yeah, I I don't think we'll. I mean, unless now they drop stuff. Look how soon they dropped some. You know that the footage of him with the car- the lights and the carousel going by, and then him in the makeup. So they might surprise us, and we could get a, a nice little tease, even just a little short, another you know thirty second or one minute tease with Shazam. But I don't expect that. I think that they'll. I think we'll get some of that early hinting kind of stuff in the summer, but then it'll be you know the film comes out in October. So uh, I would say probably by May or June we'll start. That's when I would guess I'd expect maybe the first trailer to come out in uh, sometime in the summer, midsummer time. So, yeah. Um. So Batman. Did you have anything else, Kyle? I know, like we're kind of like jumping from thing to thing here. <laughs> um. Uh, no, I'm, I think I'm good for for the moment. You're good. For- for the moment, I mean, like that I'd... sounds like a sounds like a lifetime movie that I just said. Are you good for the moment, Kyle? Are you, are you good for the moment? <laughs> Starring Justin Shandlin. Premieres this Saturday, eight p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Starring Justin Shandlin as Kyle Davis. Wait a minute. <laughs> um. So you, I, you had this list of Batman, like people that could potentially take over the cape and the cowl of. Batman and Matt Reeves Batman. And I Suggest- know suggestions. It was my casting picks. We'll call it that. So is O'Connell like, cause I'm, I literally the other day I was looking at pictures of him and he's got like this really like, like this strange zero year look to him. Like if you've read yep. zero era year, he looks like exactly. Bruce. He looks yeah. a lot like Bruce in Zero Year. It's like uncanny. Watch so, the movie start up. The scene when he's in his cell. He's a he's a he's a, in, the, in the movie. He's eighteen years old. He's young, which is why he looks so much younger and and thinner. Uh, he's an eight. He's a teenager, and he's just been sent to an adult prison in the movie. And there's a scene early on where the guards are, he knows the guards are coming and are going to get him. So he goes in his cell and locks himself in his cell, pours baby oil all over himself, breaks the legs off his chairs, hits them together, and he's posing, holding them, and he's waiting, and is like, come on, you assholes, come in here. And they go in, and he's fighting them and beating the guards and everything. And the intensity of that scene, seeing him do it, I'm like, you know, that it almost is like, it's not exactly, but just, there's moments in that film that I'm like, man, this is kind of like filling in some of the gaps for Bruce when he was traveling the world in Batman Begins, going mm-hmm. around the world, learning the criminal underworld and everything. He's in his intensity in that scene. And that's year one. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, year zero is exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it with the haircut that he has and everything else. I was like, this reminds me a lot of Scott Snyder's Bruce Wayne that was you know he was more militant and violent and was really like his aggression and his anger was he it was kind of there on his sleeve still because he was young and he was just getting started and that's what I got from you know watching him 
watching uh, O'Connell in the movie Startup, for example, or in the movie 71, where he plays a, a soldier in, in Northern Ireland. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. That's the same kind of aesthetic and feel that I got from it as well. And that's why he is my top, my personal top casting choice for the move to, to take over the role of Batman. Well, you just answered. I was like, is he the guy? Is he going to be the, <laughs> the top pick for you? For it, because it seems yeah, like it's my top person, my personal top choice. If I could pick anyone, he, I, I wouldn't hesitate. He'd be the person I would pick now to take over the role. And that's, I'm past the whole like, well, what about Ben Affleck? Ben, if if there's a if there's a miracle and suddenly everything changes and they decide to bring him in, but as of right now, no. There's uh, and the reports that are out there that Ben Affleck has been. In I've, I've spoken with people about those and have been told and assured that that is not true. It's just another, it's an old rumor being rehyped again. It's not correct. Uh, at this time, Ben Affleck is not involved in the project, is not attached to the project, and the script is for a, a, a younger Batman. So, yeah, plus, plus his schedule for filming other things. I know, like, right? Does not, does not leave any time for him to even do a day of filming on Batman. People keep talking, well, oh, well, look what shape he's in, that he's all, and he's worked out, and he's got buff, and he was meeting with Warner people and had a script. Yes, because he has a project at Warner Brothers that he's working on right now. He's actually got a couple, and one of them is the is a uh, a sequel to, um, oh, what is, now I can't think of the name of that damn movie. The Accountant. Uh, the Accountant. So, yeah, he's got uh, he's preparing for some roles. But uh, and, again, you know, I loved uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I, I would have been cool if he had been able to make another film. But I can't let myself wallow in what if coulda, woulda, shouldas. And at this time, I think it's better, as it turns out, with everything going on in his life. And everything going on with his career and everything going on with the, the DCEU, I think everyone, it's in everyone's best interest to say, you know what, we did these films, we're proud of what we've done, we have other things we're going to do now, and, you know, it's it's fine to say that it's t that everyone can move on happy with what they did and happy to, to be doing something different now, and I, I think that's where it's at, and you know, there's no point fans, I see fans resenting it and saying, I won't watch it if it's not Ben Affleck. And it's like, well, A, you're a liar. You're full of shit. You're going to watch it. We <laughs> all know you are. So don't lie. You probably said that when Keaton was gone. And then and you can't just every time they they don't have the person you want playing the role, just be like, no, I'm taking my toys and going home. I'm not going to play anymore. Most of those fans hated Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. Every, you won't find anyone who will admit it. Everyone claims to have been on board and excited from the get-go. But I wrote an article defending it and explaining why the backlash was so intense. And I got literally the only article, one of two articles I've ever written, the other one being when I named Die Hard as the number one Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> uh, it's the two articles, the only two times I ever got literally thousands of, of angry, it was almost all exclusively nasty, negative, hateful responses. Thousands of fans telling me how awful Ben Affleck would be and that I was not a real Batman fan. Go, people can claim that they supported it. Well, go back and show me screenshots of the articles and everything that they had where there was any sort of widespread fan embrace of him. There wasn't at the time, and everyone was wrong. And they all acted like they'd never go see a Batman movie with Ben Affleck in it. Well, Yes, you did, and you'll go see whoever is the new Batman, too, so you may as well not waste your time pretending you won't. <laughs> see, see, like, I'm not trying to, you know, when it comes to Mark and his casting, I remember a time a while ago where Mark wrote this thing about who he, who is number one pick for a role, and right now he says O'Connell's his number one pick for Batman is O'Connell, and I remember years ago he wrote, my number one pick for Aquaman is Jason Momoa. <laughs> hmm. Wait a minute. Yep. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's the same time when I also wrote the article about the Joker saying that uh, uh, I actually can't claim that I only named one. I named two people, and I had only two picks for the Joker. I said the only two people I'm interested in seeing play the Joker are Joaquin Phoenix and Kate Blanchett. 
and everyone thought I was insane for saying Kate Blanchett. And I was like, yeah, you think I'm crazy till you see it fucking happen. <laughs> if Kate, if you didn't, you don't even have to say like, oh, it's a female. Jo-. You don't have to address it. It's the Joker. It would almost be cool to not address at all. The It's an androgynous character. And then playing that character the way that Kate Blanchett could have played that character. I think it could have been amazing. But Joaquin Phoenix... After I saw The Master, I was just like, oh, my God, this guy needs to be the Joker. And I, at the same time, right around the same time I wrote that Aquaman article, I was writing uh, about uh, why Joaquin Phoenix was the right person to play the Joker. Why do you think Matt Reeves has been on the project for two years? Why do you think it's been so slow? Like, it just seems like, you know, he. I know he's busy and all this stuff, you know, he's writing the script, he's doing the rewrites, but it just seems like the, that project has been gestating so slowly compared to other projects. Like for instance, birds of prey, birds of prey, you know, was an idea they had and now they're actually in production filming. Like they're actually shooting the movie. And yeah. Matt Reeves has been on the project for a year and a half, two years. I don't remember exactly when he was when he took over from Affleck. It's got to be two years now, right? Because he that in was February like 20... 2017 is when he was when he officially was hired as the the director. I think it was February of so it's been just under two years. But remember, and this is something I wrote at the time was, I know fans are going to get impatient, but he's making another movie right now. So he's in, he had to finish what he was working on Mm -hmm. and then he had to wait and find out exactly, you know, there was still some justice league hadn't even released yet. So it really, it wasn't until 20, it wasn't until last year that he had the time to get started on, uh, uh, Batman. Sorry, by the way, if the audio was weird there for a minute. Oh, there's people here that have uh, street racers and they're revving their engines and driving up and down the block. It's uh, the Batmobile. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, stop. It's the Batmobile. Um, so, yeah, it's basically he couldn't. And, you know, we all knew this. And at the time we all said uh, or a lot of us in the press and we're trying to tell fans you've got to wait because there's it's going to be some time has to pass because, uh, you know, he's got the war for the planet of the apes. There's a lot of stuff going on. He has other commitments. He needs some time off. The guy needs a little bit of a break. He's going to get started on it. But he also has to sit down and formulate his story ideas, coming up with story ideas and scripting it's important to take your time. And also, let's be very honest. Warner Brothers, at the point he took over, and I reported this and everyone thought it was bullshit at the time, and I, I won't mention any names, but Justin Kroll publicly <laughs> um, came out and essentially called me a liar and said I didn't know what I was talking about when I said that, uh, but I don't want to name names. I'm just saying Kroll's the one who did it. And said and insisted that that Warner had that, that Affleck had turned in a completed script that it was Warner had it and that they weren't gonna there wasn't gonna be a new script because I reported that it was Matt Reeves had it had been hired on and was going to be pro, was expected to do a, a probably a page one rewrite was likely, um, and that was true and that's why I reported it because I'd already been told it was true and I'd been told by people who knew what they were talking about. Uh, not, just, not Justin Crow, right? No. Well, well, I mean, you know, a guy's got to eat, and a guy's got to pub has got to reprint press releases sometimes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm giving him a he's an ass to people lately. He was an ass to me about that, but I don't really know him, so I don't. I, I'm not trying to be a jerk it's just that happened and it was just one example variety has also run some articles where they claimed they ran an exclusive reporting that cyborg would be in the flash movie like two years after i ran an article breaking that news and they claimed it as an exclusive and i was like deborah snyder is literally in an interview with me saying that cyborg is going to be in the flash movie and i ran an article on it and then they're running it as a freaking exclusive and that's the second that's twice that I know of that that's happened there so I'm just I know it sounds it sounds like I'm like oh I've got beef with him and it's just because I do because he was a jerk but 
besides that, you can as much of this as you want. I'm just, I'm just talking smack to be funny. It's mostly for humorous purposes and people. Oh my god, I'm not. It's smack fine. about me all they want to. It's fine. I, uh, <laughs> if they talk smack about me, it's probably ninety percent of it's going to be true. Uh, <laughs> but my point to get serious though, back to the point that. Uh, it was. I knew that this was what was going to happen, and it's like, well, that's a that's a long process to do a rewrite and to step in and take over a project. But you have to kind of figure out, okay, now what do I want to do? Uh, what stories do I want to take influence from? What? It, how is this going to be positioned within the larger DC world? Because nobody knew for sure what was even happening at that point, and. So it wasn't really realistic to expect that he would just dive right in and be like, I was hired in February. It's March and I've got a script. When can I start filming? That was never going to happen. Uh, he, he has worked meticulously on the script. Matt Reeves is a fantastic screenwriter and he is, ta he takes this very seriously. Here's what I would remind people to think when they think, well, it took him two years after being hired. Do you remember how long it took just to finish the story and the script for The Dark Knight Rises? Nope. Four years between two thousand between the release of The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. It was the process of figuring out the story, deciding that they liked the story they had for sure, writing re and rewriting, and then making that movie was about two years. Well, Matt Reeves didn't start on the project until last year, 2018. The movie will enter production. We'll get the Batman movie. It's not releasing in 2020. It's releasing in 2021. It's expected to anyway. I mean, assuming everything goes as according to plan, there's no hiccups and per, there's no production delays because of the merger with AT&T or anything like that. But that's not expected right now. The expectation is it will enter production this year, uh, although November is not... The, the claim that November is the, the date, there's not a date penciled in on that. There's not a production start date yet. That was that was a range of example range of like it could be this, 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 and November ended up being repeated and then got into a story. And that was, it was a, it was a mild misunderstanding is all it was. It wasn't anything intentional uh, by, I, I don't remember who, who reported it, but it Boris was- Kitt. And it could end up being true. So, you know, Boris usually gets good information, but there's uh, there have been some kind of quirky sources going around. And it's not just him. There have been I've heard I heard the November date from a few people and found out that it was not really that's not actually accurate right now. That's been meant. That's so maybe it will be end up being November, but it could be sooner. It could be September or October. It could be something comes up and it's like, you know what, the weather and everything else being what it is and blah, blah, blah. It's global warming in a volcano or something. It could end up, for all we know, it could be December or January. But it's tentatively right. slated the back half of this year, after summer. Any, it's going to be sometime after summer, which is September to December. So it'll be done filming, and it'll be ready for release in 2021. How long will that be since the last time we saw Batman? We saw Justice League in 2017. 2017, four, four years the exact amount of time between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, except it's less time because Justice League came out in November of 2017, and this movie is expected to actually come out. Uh, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but the the desired release date, it's desire, they want a, a summer release date, and it'll probably be, I'm expecting, a June or July release date, but it could even be in the spring of 2021, if Ooh. it's finished in time. So it could be an April release date, but I'm guessing it'll be either April or July. Those are the two months that I'm tentatively have my eye on, and that's my understanding. So it will be less than four years since we saw Justice League Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman. Having extra time is helpful because if you come mm -hmm. in with the new Batman just two years after the one, that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? And I think it would almost feel kind of like a bum rush to get Ben Affleck off stage, just knocking him off stage too quickly. So I think that part of the reason for the decision to slow down is also that, look, we don't need to be in a rush on this. We've got other projects out there. We don't want to just suddenly have another Batman. There's no reason to rush this on screen. Aquaman's making a billion dollars, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Aquaman is making a billion dollars. 
Wonder Woman sequel is going to be huge. I think it's going to do, uh, it has a shot at doing a billion dollars. I think it'll top 900 million. Uh, I can't say more about that, but when I'm allowed to talk about what I know and why I know it, it's going to be great. But it's, uh, that it's going to definitely, if you like the first Wonder Woman, I think people will end up being, uh, uh, I think it'll end up making more money than the first Wonder Woman. So it could be a billion-dollar movie. So, yeah, there's no reason to hurry the Batman movie. Let Matt Reeves take his time. He's building a detective story, a drama detective Batman story. It's gonna, And we know what he can do with action. We've seen what he can do with action. We've seen what he can do with noir tone. We've seen the incredible realism he brings, even to... to Apes riding horses with machine guns, and he made it look real, and you were like, well, yeah, that might just happen tomorrow for all we know. So imagine what he's going to do with the Batman movie. It's going to be something like taking the Dark Knight, and then if you had the the Dark Knight mixed with Gone Baby Gone's detective story, and then, but the Batman the more comics faithful kind of approach to Batman's costume and stuff that you saw in Batman v Superman. It'll be a best of all worlds for Batman fans. I think it could be really similar to like a live action grounded version of the animated series even. Woo. And now if they get that Batmobile from the animated series, that I'd be, I'd be happy. Do you, do you anticipate it being a long production schedule, like a Nolan film? Yes. Or do you think full? Okay. I think it'll be if if you look at Matt Reeves' uh, filmmaking, he likes to he likes to take his time. He likes to really be be careful with his shots. He likes to. I mean, people think that the the Planet of the Apes movies were shot on sets, but no, they actually had special waterproof cameras designed to take into the jungle and film when they he made uh, 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 Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the second film in the series. Those scenes out in the woods, that's real. They were out there wearing CGI, wearing the motion capture outfits and carrying these motion capture cameras around in the rain in the middle of jungles filming that movie because he was like, I could do it on a sound stage, and it, a lot of people wouldn't notice. But when you know that it's all real, it's like watching Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. They could have CGI'd his face onto a... Uh, uh, on a uh, uh, stunt person on the side of that airplane, but when you know every time I watch Tom Cruise's character do it, he's doing it in real life, it affects the the realism and the sense of like I'm invested in this character because if Tom Cruise falls off that airplane, then like <laughs> Scientology's going broke, and this movie <laughs> is real. So I'm just saying it's uh, it, it it matters. I think that, that kind of verisimilitude matters. Uh, and it affects how we experience it, even when we don't realize it. Any Batman questions for you, Kyle? I'm just silently waiting and anticipating the next thing that happens. I mean, what do you what do you think about Kyle? Like, you've kind of been like a silent partner tonight. What what are your, what are your thoughts on the slow process? <laughs> um, it's interesting for sure. Like, I, on one hand, I totally get it. Like, like Mark was saying, you know, don't want to rush it. Got to get it right. You don't want to kind of give people the impression that they're just giving Ben Affleck the boot or anything like that. Um, then yeah, like for, for the most part, you know, they really don't have to, because so far they've been able to prove that Wonder Woman and Aquaman, they can carry their own solo movies just fine without Batman or Superman being there. They can go to the box office, they can make tons and tons of money, and they can just keep trucking along. Do, Kyle, do you want to see a a Matt Reeves Batman movie that's kind of shot in the real world, like, like, uh, the dark Knight and Batman begins, or would you prefer a kind of mix mashed of like set, like the 89 Anton first kind of look and feel of it? Like what, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, taste when it, in regards to that production design? I mean, if I could have it my way, I'd want like a kind of like a neon futuristic Batman beyond kind of movie, honestly. Ooh, a neon. Make it like Blade, Blade Runner twenty forty nine or something. Well, I've I've never been a uh, I I like Batman Begins. I've I'm one of the weird, and I know it's I'm an old man yelling at people to get off my lawn, but I've always been <laughs> one of the fans who said like I don't need to just see different like oh, but what if this other person with a different name put on the Batman suit? Never, I didn't. I never felt 
compelled by that. I mean, uh, Scott Snyder's stories in detective comics with Dick Grayson and then uh, Grant Morrison's run on Batman and Robin uh, with Dick Grayson as Batman and Damien as Robin. There are there are exceptions and I would definitely, I mean, I'm going to show up and watch it if it's Batman Beyond movie, no matter what. And I like the Batman Beyond TV series, but I prefer Bruce Wayne as Batman. And I think, you know, it's Dick Grayson has Nightwing. There's Robin as a character that's kind of like a revolving here, put on the mask and try not to die for at least a year kind of thing. So there's other characters. Uh, but that said, I recognize that you're right, that if you took Blade Runner and use that as a template for the the production design and the sensibilities you're going for, and then do a Batman movie. It doesn't even have to be set that far in the future. You could right. do a Batman movie that was essentially, I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of wondered if what they would do with Ben Affleck's Batman was make a Batman movie where he's fighting Deathstroke and he gets injured, and the end of it is a tease that it's going to lead into a Batman Beyond approach. And then you it doesn't have to be that far into the future. You could just have it like, you know, the, the sense was that the DCEU movies were maybe set a little bit, not in our t current t day, but might be like five years down the road from us. So if they set, if they then had Ben Affleck playing Bruce Wayne and had someone else as Batman and it was futuristic, but not overly and it was just like you know it looked kind of like uh, a rainy kind of uh 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 what do you call it um blade runner aesthetic i think that would yeah. i think it would work even if it's not the batman movie i want to see i get why you you would be excited for that and why a lot of fans would like it and i think it could be done in a really good compelling way i i yeah i i would love to see michael keaton i know kevin smith i'm like fat man beyond I mean, I don't listen to it anymore, unfortunately. Um, but he, I did see his little blurb on how ha casting Michael Keaton as old Bruce Wayne in like a Batman Beyond would be, you know, something he'd be interested in seeing, and I would love to see that too. So, um, anything else? Anything else we need to discuss before Mark goes off and conquers uh, the people over at Variety? Oh, here's a <laughs> no, and I do want to stress, like, I, I mean, I don't. I, I'm saying it in, in good. I'm saying it all kind of in good fun. I mean, I don't know Justin, and the only time we've had interactions, he's been. I mean, he has been kind of like smarmy to me, and I think he's been a jerk to people. But I also realize that I'm a jerk to people online all the time. So it's nothing personal. It's purely business, and we're here chatting on a podcast, and I'm joking around. So I don't want anyone to think there's any real like. I don't. That's the only. In interactions I've ever had with him, it's like there's plenty of people on journalists on Twitter that I I absolutely hate with a deep blinding passion because they're complete assholes and they're hacks and they're unethical. So and I'm and those names I'll save for the next podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> no, here's an idea I want to throw out there for you if y'all want to hear something interesting. Yes, yes. So we we're gonna have a, two Wonder Woman movies. You know the Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, if they make a second Aquaman movie, what if the third Aquaman movie and third Wonder Woman movie is a two-part story with the war between Atlantis and the Amazons? And like, what if they did one where they took, because I know everyone wants Flashpoint, but I'm like, Flashpoint, what, the animated Flashpoint is already a great freaking movie. So I don't need a live action one. I don't need to keep seeing the same story. Like, but what if it was this person? And, and I don't need to keep seeing that. What if they took elements, that element of the idea of the war, but then they made it less extreme the way it is in Flashpoint. And instead it was something more like just that there's a, an outside enemy that comes in and from and intentionally pits them against each other imagine a big Aquaman Wonder Woman team-up movie like that that maybe then Flash and some other characters guest star in. So it becomes, it's not a Justice League movie, but it's like the way Captain America, the winner, Captain America Civil War wasn't an Avengers movie. It just had all the Avengers in it. You could kind of do a cool story that was once an Aquaman, uh, an Aquaman movie, once a Wonder Woman movie that's them going to war against each other and then having to pull back from the brink. Or maybe they're maybe each of them they're in a, a, a fight with each other, but then they're supplanted as leaders, and the people that take over from instead of them and lead their people 
start a war against between it. And the two of them have to like work out their differences and then figure out how to stop the war and then confront the enemy that started the whole thing. I think that'd be kind of a cool idea. I, I like that idea. I definitely like that idea. Um, Cause at one point, if I remember correctly, Wonder Woman was supposed to be the Captain America of the DCEU where she was going to show up in all the other DC films. So I'd I, the more Wonder Woman I see, I'd love to see Wonder Woman cameo in Shazam. I'd love to see Wonder Woman cameo in – I was hoping to see her for like 10 seconds in Aquaman, like a little post-credit sequence, you know, to really get the get everyone really jazzed up with – uh, Wonder Woman 1984, but didn't happen. I liked the post-credit sequence in uh, in Aquaman. I thought that was really interesting. So it was a post-credit sequence? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Hold see on. that. I'm kidding. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Just kidding around. I spoilers. <laughs> Kyle, anything else? Do we miss anything? Do we talk about everything we want to talk about? Um, what are we missing? Are we missing anything? No, I think we're good. I think we're solid. I, you know, yeah. uh, we talked about Wonder Woman. We talked about Shazam. We talked about Aquaman. We talked about Batman. But I mean, I wish Nightwing would be happening with Chris McCabe. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not making it. Just he's got other stuff on his plate now, and that project looks Johnny like it's kind of. It's at least slowing down a little bit. I'm so excited that he's doing Johnny Quest. Johnny, I've written articles about Johnny Quest trying to bang a drum like, Warner, make a Johnny Quest movie, please. And uh, I even reviewed this. I don't know if they're using the same script or if they've got a different script now, but I reviewed the script for it at one point even that uh, I don't usually do that. I usually am cautious about uh, about doing that kind of thing because I don't want to like you know uh, screw things up for anybody. But I read it and it was so good, and I was so I'm I grew up watching Johnny Quest cartoons, so the original ones like the old '60s and uh, ones. So I loved the Johnny Quest ones. I've been waiting for a Johnny Quest movie literally since I was a teenager. I've had ideas about how they could do Johnny Quest, and I want to see the big spider robot thing in it, which if you don't haven't watched it, you don't know what I mean. But it's you really mean John Peter cool. spider robot? I John Peter spider robot? <laughs> <laughs> something, something, giant spider monster? <laughs> yeah. You don't have vi- you don't have video, so no, the, they can't see what I was doing there. But yeah, no, no, not the giant John Peter spider. No, no, it's a giant spider. Uh, uh, no, it's really cool. If you, if you haven't seen Johnny Quest, it's like a globe with an eye on the front of it, with like a robotic eye, and then spider legs that come out the top of it, and it's walking around like attacking a military base, and it's so freaking cool. But yeah, there's a. Uh, uh, I'm really excited for Johnny Quest, so I'm glad, and I'm glad that McKay's doing it because he's uh, 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 he's a great director, and I I loved what he did with uh, with uh, Lego Batman movie, and I still to this day shout out to to uh, shout out to him for this. It's uh, it's remains one of the best, most nuanced examinations of Batman's psyche and his emotions and his emotional attachment to the other characters in his world that I've ever seen in any of the movies. I mean, it is really up there. So it's a terrific film. And he had, it was a, a really great script and a really great, uh, great movie. So anyway, I mean, our, our mutual friends uh, producing Johnny quest. So I'm sure if you really wanted to get the hands on the script, you could. No, I'm not. I that's I'll say that's one thing that I, I don't usually. There's been a few times uh, I won't I won't mention one, but there've been projects where I did actively like you know what I'm just going to ask like could I see the script or whatever. But I usually ask afterwards when I've gotten scripts and I've gotten several scripts for films in the past, but I don't usually talk about it publicly. I don't write articles about it, and it's usually because people reach out to me with it and ask, "Do you want to see it?" or "Hey, I have this here. It is." Uh, but no, I, yeah, I would not, I definitely, I, I'm not gonna, uh, I won't reach out and ask somebody because I feel like, well, <clears throat> people know what I'm fans of and what I'm not. And if they have script mm-hmm. they'd like me to see, then that's cool. I don't ever want to put anybody in a weird position and I don't want to be in a position 
of anyone ever thinking that I might be someone who leaked script pages or any information. So that's one reason I usually don't even tell people that I have scripts for films until, mm -hmm. until later, once it's, it's already released and everybody knows it. <laughs> Where can we find you on the social media? Where can we find you? You can find me on the Google. I'm on, no, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on, uh, <laughs> Twitter, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark Hughes Films, and you can find me at Forbes all the time, where I lately talk almost exclusively about Aquaman, but occasionally about other things. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping you have a Matt Reeves exclusive coming summer. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll see. I'm trying not to, uh, you know, it's it's a thing where I, I don't want to, on the one hand, be telling people to be patient and then keep feeding into the idea of like, oh, I've got to run something, you know, to get clicks or I've got to run something to put information out there. I have, uh, uh, there's, there's things that I've heard about lots of movies that I'm, I'm not going to talk about or that I won't put out there because, uh, I just don't want to. And I, I, out of respect for the filmmakers, out of respect for the people who've asked me not to. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not, I don't mean that I'm talking about like just broadly, like plenty of films like Marvel, DC, whatever they are. And so, um, if at the point that I have anything that is worth running and that I want to run and that I think it's the right time to run, then I'll definitely be doing that. And I will have updates about all of the stuff you know uh it, and eventually i'll have some batman stuff coming so but uh uh right now everyone should just enjoy the ride enjoy what we've got uh we just had a great aquaman movie we've got wonder woman is coming up we've got the joker coming up shazam is it's just, we're just a few more what i mean we were talking about it earlier it's like 10 weeks or 10 to 12 weeks away from shazam it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a terrific film. I'm really excited for it. I love Jeff John. If you haven't read Jeff John's uh, Shazam, by the way, the or his, the the piece, the one, the story that he wrote that ran in Justice League for a while, you know, it was in that it was in chapters in Justice League. There's a collected edition of it. I've got it. I love his Shazam. And then there's a new Shazam uh, comic that's out and. It's terrific. So uh, if you want to, if you're eager for it and you can't wait until the movie, read those and you'll get kind of an idea of the flavor of what to expect from the movie. Because it's it doesn't exclusively borrow from that, but it's definitely obviously heavily inspired by mm -hmm. the Jeff Johns run. So. So, Mark, thank you for coming back on. Let's not do this like like years and a half later. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Let's not I do this years and a half. I thought it had been like five. I thought it had been like six months. I mean, maybe, maybe it's been. But when I when I logged into Skype, it said I have I had talked to you since November of 2017. Oh my god, <laughs> that can't be right. That can't be right. I got. I'd have to go look back at episodes, but I'm pretty. It's been a minute. It's definitely been a hot second. So, like I said, I see, I see, I see you more at restaurants now than anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So thank yep. you again. Thank Glad you. you're back on. And then uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll we'll tweet it to you. We'll make sure you have it. So okay, sounds good. Yeah. All okay. Right. Uh, thank you for having me on. Thank everybody for listening and uh, for putting up with uh, with me. I'm 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 mildly medicated tonight, so I'm a little bit goofier than normal. Apologies if you didn't enjoy that. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, good night, gentlemen, and thank you thank, very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.